No one really tells you this ahead of time, but if you found sobriety, chances are you're gonna need to find some new friends too. Welcome to the Together Sober Podcast. I am your host, Louise Barnett, former Fortune 100 Global Sales Director turned Jay Shetty Accredited Life Coach. Each week, we will provide you a safe space of guidance, empathy, accountability, and support, helping you to find effortless sobriety and mental peace. Before we get started, you guys, please, please, please make sure to hit that subscribe button, like this episode, and rate and review the Together Sober podcast. This is actually the only way that we can grow organically to start impacting more and more lives to find lasting sobriety and mental peace. Welcome back to another solo episode of the Together Sober podcast, where every single week it is my mission to help you create survival guides out of our collective stories and conversations in an effort for you to find not just lasting, but effortless sobriety. So let's jump into it. This is actually a topic that came as a request to me. So it was mailed in as a request. And this individual wrote to me and said, essentially, hey, Louise, I'm relatively newly sober. I'm excited for my sober life. I'm in it for the long haul, but I'm really struggling to make friends and socialize. Do you have any tips, tricks, tools that you can uh, share on the podcast that would help me? And I think this is such a great question. So thank you, Sharon, for sending this in. And I know it's taken me a little while to to get to it live, but here we are in answer to your question. Yeah. So, you know, and I've done some episodes on FOMO. I've done some episodes that kind of like touch on socialization. And I just want to reiterate here that we need to make sure that we're having very clear expectations as we enter our sobriety journey. And those expectations are that there are parts of our lives that are going to change. There are parts of our lives that sure will stay the same, but there's a big part of our life that is going to change and going to evolve over time. And this varies from person to person. For me, this piece of my life, the socialization piece of my life literally did a complete 180. And the reason for that is because I chose to 100% surround myself uh, when I was in addiction by people who were probably in addiction or heavy drinkers, right? That was what I chose. Uh, Every single person that I surrounded myself with uh, were people that supported me in my addictive tendencies, whether they knew it or not. And so what that meant for me was like, yeah, like a big wake up call when I started my personal development journey and found myself in sobriety was that obviously a lot of these people went away. A lot of these places went away and, uh, it's pretty natural to be left kind of feeling lonely, bored, uh, unsure of yourself, unsure of what you're supposed to do a little bit antsy. Um, and again, this is varying from person to person. I'm a natural introvert. So for me to to spend days, weeks at a time, kind of just at home with my family, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, for a lot of people, that's not the case. I also am married. I have a child, right? So so I'm in a different kind of phase or period than 
maybe somebody that is a college student or somebody who is single, right? Where uh, socializing outside of the house, socializing outside of the house is probably something that's a little bit more desired. So the good news is that just because you're sober doesn't mean you don't have to be social. (laughs) um, Let's be real. Now I will say, and again, depending on your journey, depending on your addiction tendencies and that kind of thing, I think there is a lot of value to embracing the time, embracing the solitude. There's a difference between loneliness and solitude, right? Loneliness has a really negative connotation to it. Um, It implies that we're lacking something. Whereas solitude for me, just sounds stronger, right? It sounds like we're more in charge, we're more in control, and it's a choice. So I do advise in at any stage in life in sobriety, but especially in early sobriety, embracing and seeking out, not just embracing, but seeking out those moments of solitude, because that is where so much of, of this work is done in discovering who we are, what we like, what makes us tick, a lot of these things that we have not really paid attention to for a long time because we let alcohol kind of pave the road for that. So please embrace that. I don't I don't like seeing people replace socialization for their addictions because to me, if I'm being honest, like that's just masking it. Like I know this is, this might be controversial, but it's my podcast. So I'm going to say it. Um, I know a lot of people that are kind of giving up the booze and I, and I, I classify them as the white knuckling category. And so they're giving up the booze and then they're going out every Friday and Saturday night to the bar and drinking the non-alcoholic drink or the mocktail. Is there anything wrong with drinking a non-alcoholic drink or mocktail? No. Is there anything wrong with going to a bar? No. But here's what I don't like. What I don't like is that these individuals are trying to maintain the same lifestyle that they had in addiction. And this is going to be really short-lived, right? Either the the bar scene is going to go or they're going to find their way back to alcohol. So be very careful when you find yourself just kind of replacing alcohol for something else in your social gatherings so that you can still feel like you're quote unquote fitting in because chances are you're missing something. Okay. Now the question was, I want to stay committed to sobriety. I'm in it for the long haul. How do I go about meeting new friends? And in adulthood, this is fucking hard because (laughs) we don't have those natural social networks that make it easy for us to meet people. And so I love this question because I'm kind of in it with you you guys. But here's, here's what I put together. So first and foremost, In early sobriety, we want to make sure that we are supporting our sobriety. And the best way to do that for many of us is to attend sober events and or sober meetings. Now, this can look like a variety of things. This can look like an in-person meeting. If you have in-person recovery meetings near you, everybody should have an in-person AA meeting near them. That is a great way to go ahead and meet people in person. It's 2023. It is perfectly acceptable to meet people online, you guys. Some of the relationships that I have with people that quite frankly, I've never met an actual person are 10 times stronger 
than those that I have. So don't underestimate the value of these online relationships. Um, so Together Sober Facebook community, which I talk about a lot, it's a free community on Facebook. We host regular meetings, you guys. There's no reason not to check any of these out. Um, so please, you know, check out the group, check out the meetings. As I'm recording this, there's actually one in 90 minutes. I guess this isn't going to go live. So, you know, you missed that one, but <laughs> sign on and we can see you live. And this is a great way to get to know people. This is a great way to share your story, to put yourself in that position of feeling vulnerable, to overcome some of that shame and guilt. Um, putting yourself in an environment where you have something in common with the other people, especially something in common like our addictions, which have a lot of stigma attached to them, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of shame. These create really strong, really lasting, and really fast relationships when you're bonding with somebody on a topic like that. It's a safe environment. It's a supportive environment. The meetings that I host are facilitated by the admin team. So we're never going off the rails, you guys. And these people understand what you're going through. Um, that in and of itself is building a connection. Now, I will say this is a side note before we get on, on to the next idea, is that we need to remember that relationships take time to foster and grow. And if you're anything like me, I want things like at lightning speed. And so for me, I sometimes get frustrated that it does take several interactions to really start building the foundation and the building blocks of that relationship. So I'm just going to, I'm almost like preaching to myself here, like patience, 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 right? You can have coffee one week. We're adults here. So it might be another three weeks until you can hook up again for another coffee or a dinner. So just remember that this is a process, just like our own recovery. And this takes time. The second one that I really love is to volunteer. And this might not off the bat sound like a way to make friends or to meet um, new people, but it's such a great way to do this because first of all, service is a huge part of recovery. AA preaches this. Pretty much any recovery organization is going to have somewhere in their values the necessity and the importance of giving back, sharing your heart, volunteering in some way. And there's so many reasons for that. Selfishly, you guys, you're getting a, a rush of in, you know, serotonin, dopamine that are going to help you feel better. And sometimes we don't feel great in recovery. So selfishly, that's just one reason to do it. That's obviously not the main reason to do it. Um, the opposite of addiction is connection. And when we can make a connection in the way of volunteering, this has really long lasting effects. Now you can pick anything. You don't have to volunteer in the, the addiction community. You can volunteer at your local animal shelter. You can volunteer at your child's elementary school, high school, put yourself on the PTA, put yourself on the board of something. There's really up to you. And what I would say is just jot down, you know, five to 10 interests that you have and then look at that list and look at your community and see if there's anything that you could do to raise your hand 
to just help out. And by putting yourself in that volunteer position, that active service, you're going to be meeting new people and you're going to be meeting like-minded people. The one reason I like this suggestion of volunteering is because sometimes in sobriety, we tend to surround ourselves by only people who are in recovery. And that can feel like a lot sometimes. That can feel like all we're doing is talking about recovery. All we're doing is talking about sobriety. Like, give me a break. I just want to get back to real life, right? Totally understandable. I can absolutely empathize with that. As somebody who runs a sober podcast, sometimes I feel like all I talk about is alcohol and it can be exhausting. And so, yes, we want you to integrate into the quote unquote real world. So come up with five to 10 things that you are interested in. Take a look at that list. Take a look at your community. What aligns? And what are you waiting for? Just do it. Just try it once. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. It's not a job. You're not signing a contract. Just try it. The next thing I think is pretty obvious, but we don't do it. So this is kind of a gentle reminder to do it. So just pursue your hobbies. Again, what are you interested in? Um, outside of your daily nine to five, outside of your job, right? What is it that you wish you could try? It doesn't have to be your next passion or purpose in life. It can just be something that like quite literally, hey, I'm kind of interested in trying this. I'm interested in taking like a pottery class. I did it back in college. I really loved it. I found a lot of joy out of it and the experiences that I had related to it. Is it going to be my next career? Is it going to be my biggest passion in life? Probably not, but that's okay. I just want to try it. I want to try it. That is going to enrich my life and make me a more whole-rounded person. And chances are when I take that pottery class, I'm going to meet new people. When I was at the very beginning of my personal development journey, um, as I've shared before, I didn't start off wanting to get sober. I started off wanting to become a better person. And so I said to myself, like, what are some things that I could do that could enrich me personally and professionally? Because at the time I was still working for Hilton and I wanted to take a new focus on that career and really like put my all into it. And so I settled on public speaking. I have a theater background, so I've always had an interest in kind of presenting and being on stage. So I knew I kind of had a natural inclination or, or talent for it. And I also knew that I, at the time, wanted to grow within the Hilton community and, and become a leader within that community. And I knew that public speaking would be a great skill to put me in that direction. So what did I do? I went on Google. I went on like meetup.com. I went on just Google searches. And eventually I found my local Toastmasters chapter. Toastmasters is a global um, public speaking organization. And I believe most of the meetings are still virtual. The one that I did was. And I attended it every single week and absolutely fucking loved it, you guys. And I met so many amazing people in that community. And I... I honestly think that that catapulted me towards finding, I know it did because it started me writing speeches, which started me writing and journaling, which led me to understanding what changes I needed to make in my life. And before you knew it, I had written a speech about my attempts to be sober. That was the first time I ever shared it was in that Toastmasters organization. 
It's pretty powerful stuff. So find something that you're interested in. It doesn't have to be anything that you're skilled at. It doesn't have to be your next job or career. Just something you're interested in. Meetup.com is a great way to just get ideas too for your area. The next is similar to the first one. So let me just differentiate um, support groups. Now, these are very specific alcohol or addiction support groups where the topics and subject matters are going to be around recovery from alcohol. So Alcohols Anonymous, Smart Recovery, the Together Sober Support Groups, et cetera, et cetera. What I would like to add additionally to kind of the first one or how to differentiate these is sober events and sober meetings, maybe conferences, that kind of thing are a little bit different than these support groups. Both are great ways to meet people. But uh, one of the things I love about the sober industry right now, and yes, I call it an industry because I do believe it is one, is that we see sober bars, sober events popping up everywhere. So just take a look at the lo the closest city to you and see what kind of sober events or sober bars or sober opportunities are near you. Here in Fort Collins, we have what's called a kava bar. And I I haven't tried it yet myself. I'm not sure that it's it's something that would serve me best, but it is a sober bar where people go and drink this kava tea. If they don't want to drink the kava tea, they have other regular teas as well. And I went in there and I just started like chit-chatting with the, the bartender and um, ended up chit-chatting with some of the patrons who were sitting at the bar there. And I, I found that most of the people there were sober or had some kind of recovery history. And this is where they like to gather. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Again, I don't know if kava is for me or not, but I know that there's a place that I can go and immediately make a connection with these individuals. So there's something like that near you. You just have to find it. Friends are not gonna like ring your doorbell. You have to go out and find them. The last thing I kind of wanna mention is not necessarily a place to go or what to do to meet friends, but it's just kind of a communication reminder. So, as a coach, one of the things that we are trained in, and one of the things I do feel I have a great skill in is that ability to really truly listen um, and communicate openly and honestly to build and deepen relationships with others. And especially if we're in an environment where like it's all recovery people, it's, it can be really easy to be focused on your own story and your own struggles and wanting to share that. But this is just a gentle reminder that it is more than okay to attend one of these meetings or events or gatherings and really focus on just listening and being a good listener and allowing that person to open up to you if you approach every, this is the best advice I've ever been given as a coach. If you approach every conversation with childlike curiosity and treat it as an adult to adult conversation, the options are endless. And let me break this down for you. So what this means is like, first we're having an adult to adult conversation. So again, in sobriety, I see a lot of this like hierarchical kind of nonsense, like, okay, I'm you know, 10 years sober and you're 
six months sober. So I'm going to give you the advice, right? That's not equal. Um, there's a bit of a hierarchy there. And so what I would modify is just like human to human, right? How often do we say, let's just treat our children like little adults. Um, and that's kind of the idea here is we want everybody on the same playing field. It doesn't matter who is, you know, one week sober versus one year sober versus 10 years sober. None of that matters. We are all truly adults and if we approach it that way, and this especially obviously applies in the coaching community because it can be kind of easier uh, for a coach to fall into that authoritarian kind of voice. And so when it comes to meeting people, just remember adult to adult conversations. And then where the childlike curiosity comes into mind, into play is try to put your agenda at the door. Uh, when you're listening, do exactly that just listen. You don't have to think about what you're going to say next. You don't have to think about what you're going to contribute to the conversation. You don't have to think about what question you're going to ask that person next. Just listen. And then when the opportunity presents itself and you want to contribute or ask a question, just ask a genuine question. What truly is on your mind? Or what truly do you want to contribute to that conversation? And that, that is a skill, right? To, to have conversations from an adult to adult perspective with childlike curiosity is a skill that, that requires a lot of practice. And I will say that I am guilty in my coaching sessions with clients of kind of falling into that authoritative voice, kind of they'll be speaking and I'll be thinking, oh, I really want to tell them this thing. Like, let's remember this. And every time I kind of fall into that pattern, I know that I'm not doing my clients a service. I know that I'm not doing myself a service and we're not really growing um, in the same way when I do practice that skill of childlike curiosity, adult to adult conversation. Then it just kind of like, it's smooth as butter, you guys. Um, and that's where the real growth happens. And that's where the real growth happens in in regular relationships and friendships too. So I urge you as you are attending these sober events and meetings, volunteering, pursuing your hobbies, joining support groups, doing all of these things, which require effort. They're not comfortable. Sometimes they're totally going outside of your comfort zone, but you just have to try them once. Right. And as you are practicing these, just remember to approach them from an adult to adult perspective with childlike curiosity, and you will truly watch that relationship blossom and grow. Now it takes time. It takes effort. Remember I mentioned patience earlier, also persistence, right? Um, remember we're all coming from different walks of life. Um, other people that we might meet might need a little bit of persuasion, a little bit of persistence, right? Um, but if we can put in the time, put in the effort, have the patience, have the persistence. And I'm going to add here, incorporate solitude because intertwined in all of this desire to socialize and to meet new people and to forge new relationships, the most important relationship, especially in recovery is yourself. And just as if you are wounded, right? If you, if you break a leg or have a surgery, you are taking the time to rest and relax and recuperate and recharge it's no different here. 
We've been hurting ourselves for a long time. So we deserve, and it is imperative that we take the time to, to have that rest and relaxation and that recharge and that solitude to get to know ourselves. And then we can go out into the world. So please remember to intertwine that solitude. Again, there's a difference between solitude and loneliness. Solitude is a strong word, right? That is something that we desire to have. And that is where the true inner work and the inner growth will happen. If you do this, you can build meaningful connections with others in sobriety. Thank you so much for submitting that question. Uh, if you have another topic that you would like us to dive into on the Together Sober podcast. I would love to hear that. Um, I love receiving those messages. So you can always just email it over to hello at louisebarnett.com. And I would love to hear your suggestions or something that's just on your mind about sobriety. And I will absolutely address it on the podcast. Until then, Together Sober listeners, you will hear from us next week with another solo episode. If you're still listening right now, I'm going to assume that you really liked this episode. And if that's the case, can you please go ahead and rate and review the Together Sober podcast? What this does is organically puts the podcast into more listeners' ears, thus creating more lasting and effortless sobriety and mental peace for others.